9.22 and our guest today is in fact not a human, it's a festival filled with the most extraordinary creatives, etc. Time of the Writer is the festival we're looking at. It started on Friday, it runs until the 21st of March in KwaZulu-Natal and it is presented by the Centre for Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. So we've got the director of the Centre for Creative Arts uh, on the line. We're also going to get, get the curator and project lead for the 26th edition of Time of the Writer on the line a little later. And finally, we'll close off with the author, Yowanda Omotozo, who's the author of an extraordinary book called An Unusual Grief. So, Ishmael, what I was saying was you are the director of the centre. You are involved in a huge variety of projects and events and programmes. The role of that in society, what do you see that role as and how challenging is that with regards to how you put it out there, how you fund it, how you market it, the support you get from the university, the support you get, support you get from the public sector, from civil society and private sector as well. How difficult is that? Well, Michelle, the, you know, the arts sector uh, has come through an enormous amount of challenge over the last two and a half years uh, with the national lockdown. We, we, we found a number of our arts institutions almost devastated. We found a number of artists changing careers simply because they could no longer sustain themselves. So economics is always at the core of what we do. But at the Center for Creative Arts, we've been able to survive through that difficult time, largely because our philosophy is based and it's grounded on partnerships. So we, while funding is essential to sustain any kind of a festival, we receive a significant amount of support from the University of Guadalajara, significantly for the operations of our, of our center and the operations for our festival. So the money that we receive from funders is translated directly into creating work for artists. We work strongly on the basis of joining hands with others who share our vision. If I look at this year's festival, we're partnering with, with the Wits Writing Center. I can't think of a more uh, significant center that can inspire creative writing. Uh, we work with the Center for the Study uh, of the U.S., and, to, and this year we, we're focusing uh, on Tony Morrison. And a wonderful conversation with that, closing our festival, but we opened a session with uh, uh, Dr. Cindy Wimagona, a mm. legendary South African writer who celebrated her 80th year this year, who is also going to be honored and celebrated at the University of Georgia uh, next month. So these kind of collaborations between ourselves and other institutions makes it possible. We're also partnering with the uh, University of Johannesburg. So it's, we're seeing uh, a new phenomenon where universities often work in silos, particularly with regard to their community outreach programs, that there is a need to begin to work collaboratively because we share the same kind of audiences. We could share our resources and we could allow for, for, for dialogue to begin to happen across there. But we also partner with five community art centers uh, in the broader urban area where we're also taking our content to. So uh, for us, it's no longer about festivals being these kind of religious little spaces where people come in and you know you, you spend four or five days uh, just with high talk. Festivals are dynamic spaces that allow anyone and everyone to be able to walk into and to be able to take what they can get at their own level of experience and their own level of understanding. And I think core to all of this is the superb curation that we've had this year by four incredibly young women 
who just graduated, walked in, took ownership of the program, and curated it in, I think, in, in a remarkable way that has just broadened the level of engagement and the level of participation at different levels. And whilst funding is always the kind of constant challenge, it hasn't really been a stumbling block for us yeah. uh, in the sense that we've been able to think creatively about how we engage, because we're not just the only sector that is economically challenged. Every sector in South Africa at the moment is economically challenged, and we need to navigate that particular space in different ways in order to survive and, and to grow ourselves. And certainly navigated very well, Ishmael. Just uh, for our listeners, Ishmael Mohammed is the director for the Centre for Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. We do have Sibatle Kwela, as uh, Ishmael noted, on the line. Sibatle is the curator and project lead uh, for the 26th edition of Time of the Writer. Sibatle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm interested in the topic, the theme of the 2023 festival, and also like how one then takes that topic and starts to tease it apart and think about the books that and the authors that may most be useful or most be interesting with regards to that theme. So let's talk about the decision making on the theme and then uh, how you took it out from there. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> So I the theme the theme is usually really easy to pick out because I mean as performing artists we we must always understand that we are part of time and it just takes for at that moment for us to just assess where everything is and the contemporary culture and the contemporary conversation and us highlighting which are for us now that are going to allow us to have a wide reach in terms of the conversations that we want to bring to the festival, especially contemporary conversation. And for instance, I mean, the whole thing of um, imagination came through the thing of us imagining a new country, a new people, a new community that acknowledges each other, but also is very accountable. And that is how that Saturday program came up the State of the Nation address on different topics on crime and pollution in South Africa to um, ESCOM, Sabotage on the Siege. And these are books that are addressing things that are currently at hand and we feel that those conversations should, should be brought to the festival. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the decision-making, it, it just stems from the quality, firstly, of the organization itself and what we wish to embody in the space of the festival. But it also comes from just assessing where we are bringing forth all of these sort of names and themes that will bring the most diversity in terms of the types of conversations that happen in the festival because we definitely always go for a wide reach. And so after that, we came with the theme of post-making, roots, influence, imagination, and expression. Um, and we felt that that, that, that best suited because placemaking was 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 the, the heading theme and under that were all of these these sub themes of placemaking uh, and in a sense of let us look where we are, let us assess where we are, let us listen to the contemporary conversation, let us hear um what we have to contribute and let us hear different perspectives and imaginings and from that let us see where we could go. 
Um, yeah, and I hope that answers your question. Sebastian, you know, a little bit earlier we were talking to Janet Van Eden about her book on um, uh, writing film scripts, actually. How do you write a script and what is the process taking it mm. from the um, treatment to the writing of the script to focusing on the characters? How do you even then fundraise at a later stage as well? And what struck me... Um, about the conversation and, and actually more so the book was how we forget about the process it takes to come up with something creative. In her case, it's a film. So the film goes out and that's that. But it's not just that, that that's that. It's a long, long journey indeed. Tell us about that journey briefly to get from this idea of this theme, placemaking roots influence imagination and expression to this weekend the event yeah okay so the journey <laughs> Whoa, that, um, is it just that heavy <laughs> pardon <laughs> is it that like it's heavy work hey heavy listing yeah <laughs> um yeah so oh there was a lot of uh um, um troubleshooting um and and just trial and error in terms of mm. the things that we could explore um, and uh, the thing was that we actually did a call out last year where people could submit their books and also publishing house could submit um, the latest published books and which they felt resonated with, 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 with that theme that we had presented. So um, the selection process is you start from literally nothing. All you know is the theme. Mm-hmm. And we're actually led by the publications. Um, and, you know, and, and that's, I think... That's why it's really important to assess the time because honestly, like as festival curators, we don't do much. All we need to do is listen. Um, all we need to do is, is understand the pattern. All we need to do is, is trace what's actually happening. And we give a platform for that to be enabled, for that to happen. And so with the submissions in place, literally we were guided by that as well. We knew ultimately the conversations that we wanted to bring specifically, but there were also new things introduced to us by the type of publications and the type of books that people were publishing last year and the types of conversations that had been mm-hmm. arising um, as of most recently. And so with that, we then shortlisted and you know, we, we we put authors which address the same thing together so that they speak to the same thing. But also, it wasn't just the thing of the theme. It was how is that conversation and that topic coming from different perspectives? I mean, I know that yesterday we just really pushed it with, in terms of the last session we had with the State of the Nation address with the, um, the unaccountables, we put women on that panel because we know that in the political space, that is a perspective that's usually not really in the forefront. And so it was also exploring within, now that we have the themes, now that we have the topics, how can we make sure that we diversify the perspectives of the panel on their on, on their own. So yeah, it was a really, really nice journey and then we had to write to our publishing houses and, and our authors that have had been shortlisted and also not everyone could make it because I mean um there's also a thing of like, okay, if someone really wanted to be there and they can't make it so it's like, okay, what other book can we find that is going to represent that same mm. perspective as well? 
So yeah, there's a lot of troubleshooting in the process. But really, luckily for us this year, we really had I think 95% of the people that we had planned really confirmed, and then the 5% was just a thing of like, oh, I am not here, but I have someone who I can bring forward. And so we basically got exactly what we wanted. And and I mean, I, I couldn't have been happier on the response, the positive response from publishing houses and the authors as well that we received on the enthusiasm to wanting to be a part of the festival. I'm um, really interested yeah. in, in, in the support from the publishing houses because that's obviously critical. A, it's critical for them because if they're engaging, then more people are getting to see their authors and their books and that kind of thing. But what's mm. also important is that they are participating in a series of, um, I mean, a convention, which is a, is a literary festival, and ensuring that their books get into these really, really fascinating spaces as well. Are you finding that they're very engaged? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's really great. I mean, from, even from the beginning, from the call out itself, Publishing yeah. houses were so enthusiastic to be a part of this conversation. And I think uh, there's no other way really for us to make just a just a, a, a grounded um, influence on, on the contemporary time unless we are connected and work together. Because the answers are all there in literally the networks that we create. And so the publish- even publishing houses sending us material, the books, so that we are able, at the venue, to be able to have those books there and available. We are going to do giveaways for books. And it's literally just been such an amazing, amazing process. We've been so engaged. See, Bartley, there are still a couple of days left. It closes off on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, am I correct in saying yeah. that? Yeah, it's yeah, the last Tuesday. day. Uh, what can people expect? What What do you think are going to be some of the highlights? Uh, what do we see, particularly Tuesday, if we look at the day itself? There's some great stuff taking place. Yeah, um, so today we have a session. Um, we have two sessions. We have fiction expression with Nikin um, Songo and Fred Kumalu, who are incredibly powerful voices yes. um, in those spaces. Um, and, but not just with the fiction, but just how with certain um, imperative conversations um, through their writings, um, even though it is fiction. So that's really fascinating. And then we also have um, a South African contemporary dating scene, and that has received also a very a lot of traction because we have Ututumutanidule, who has been obviously um, introduced to digital media as well, whose book, the Somo series, was read a lot. We have Lebohang Masangu, a great um, um, in her space. So um, there's that today, and then the Monday program is, is, is just... Um, it's going to be online, and then that's going to be just a university focus because we have university collaborations with UJ and that, um, mm. and that's going to be that. And then on Tuesday is going to be our international poetry day, where we're going okay. to be having our poets. There we also have um, the World Slam um, competition winner, Abiso Jesus, who's going to be a part of that. Um, who's like um, part of that that session online there, and then there's going to be a live session later on, a poetry live session at the Alliance Francais. So. Yeah, sounds it sounds like it's going to be a very promising event. What are you going to do on the twenty second? Sleep in. Um, Hello. I'm not sure if it's my network or yours. Oh. No, Zibatla. I said, what are you going to do on the twenty second? Sleep in. All right. I'm not sure if we've lost Zibatla. Sibatle Kwela, she's the curator and project lead for the 26th edition of Time of the Writer. I was just wondering, uh, once one works as hard as she has done, 
what is the way forward to take a little break on the 22nd, I wonder. I would certainly do it. It's 20 to 10. Quarter to 10, don't forget at 10 o'clock you've got uh, the lovely KG taking you through for three hours of fabulous music. So listen up to that for sure. As I mentioned earlier on, our guest presenter today is in fact a festival and we're talking to the various different people that make up the festival. It's the time of the Writer Festival. It started on Friday. It's going to run until Tuesday, the 21st of March. And uh, we've spoken to a variety of people, Dr. Ishmael Mohammed, who's the director of the Centre for Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. I'd like to think of that as uh, the parent (laughs) of Time of the Writer and many of the other programs that it uh, supports and puts into the public space and talks to the general publics as well. Then we spoke to Sibat Lequela, who's the curator and project lead for the 26th edition of The Time of the Writer, and uh, looking as well at that uh, theme, which is placemaking, roots, influence, imagination and expression. Lots to cover under a theme of that nature. Wow. And then, of course, we go and have to go to when we talk about a festival, to the author themselves, the people that are writing the books, putting the words into the public domain. Yawanda Omatoza is an author I hold huge esteem for. I must admit I'm a bit of a fangirl. I absolutely loved her book called An Unusual Grief, and she'll be participating in a conversation which looks at uh, how one writes about grief and writes through grief, which is a really fascinating topic in itself. And so I want to say, Yawanda, thank you so much for joining us. Michelle, it's wonderful to speak to you again. Thanks for just your, your kindness and your warm words about the book. Thank you so much. So, so the theme, of course, that you will be participating in, the panel that you will be participating in, is around this idea of, A, writing about grief, but also writing through grief. And I think what I loved about an unusual grief was the, that you managed to write about something tragic, but with such a sense of humor, and I suppose one could call it the unbearable lightness of being, if that's the best way to talk about it. Tell us a little bit about that type of writing. Yeah, I mean, and I was listening to the conversations earlier as well, you know, just the excellent team that's put this festival that I must say I love deeply and dearly together. Um, And I think this is what the imagination can be is the things we must bear, the, the, the difficult things, the things that perhaps even seem unbearable. Um, we bear because of art, because of dreaming, because of the imagination, because of seeing beyond what's immediately in front of us. And I think that's part of what we'll be talking about this evening uh, or this late afternoon. Um, I'm joined by Kumi Naidu with his book, Letters to My Mother, and, and Henry Blumberg, um, Sean Left Quietly, and uh, all kind of different genres. I think I'm the only one that's written fiction. Mm. But of course, um, I, I lost my mother, and in, in many ways, the way I conceived of the book was to flip the script and say, okay, my mom died when I was quite young, or seemed young to me, early 20s. Um, and I asked myself, what, if, what would have happened if I had died and she lived? Hmm. And she had to grieve instead of me. And that's the strange kind of writing through grief that I did in conceiving of this work of fiction and unusual grief. You know, it's so interesting that you raise the fact that it's fiction. 
And mm. yet one of the things, and I've, I've often said this, I might be repeating myself on the show as well, is that I sometimes feel that fiction is even more truthful in a way than nonfiction. And what do I mean by that? I, I sometimes find that through fiction I'm able to plug into something in myself which is so real that I might not do with a non-fiction book because with a non-fiction book I might stand away from it as opposed to really engaging in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're right. There's something magical that happens. I mean, the two quotes I really love, one is, you know, fiction is the lie that tells the truth. And Brilliant. then I think yeah. Siri says um, fiction, writing fiction is remembering um, what never happened. Um, but there's this, there's this kind of, we're always dealing with this strange quality to fiction that it is so, and in fact, I'm writing auto-fiction auto at the moment, so it's even more murky and strange and kind of wondrous because there's deep, deep kind of profound truth in, in fiction and fiction. And just, give us those I, two I, just give us those two quotes again, they're amazing. I, Yes, yes. Siri, Siri Kuspet, who's a writer I, I adore, and she, she talks about, I'm probably misquoting, but she says, writing fiction or fiction is, a, is remembering what never happened. Um, which yeah. is <laughs> kind of, and then there's a, the other quote, and I'm, of course you don't know the, the, the person who said it, but I'm sure a quick Google will, will solve that. And it's, yeah. it is, um, fiction is the lie that tells the truth. Okay, we have to go to a break, but when we come back, I want to get back to that because that just raises all sorts of questions around even how we write speculative fiction and why yeah. speculative fiction is so important. Or, I mean, some people call it science fiction, although it's slightly different, but why that is so important in this day and age. So let's go to the break, and when we come back, maybe we can touch on that. Michelle Constant on SAFM. We're talking to the author, Yuanda Omatozo. She's the author of Unusual Grief, um, The Woman Next Door, Born Boy. And she is going to be participating in a panel discussion this afternoon as part of Time of the Writer. Yuanda, um, this, this idea of fiction being the lie that is, this, that is the truth talks a lot to this thing of, um, as I said, speculative mm. fiction. And, and I'm thinking of a book that I've just read recently uh, by the Chinese-American author, Celeste Ng. And she, she's just, she wrote a book about um, how Asian people in, in a future might be treated in, for example, the States. You, hello? You wonder? You wonder? Are you able to hear us? Hello? Hi, can you hear us? Okay, we'll ask our producers to get Yuwande back on the line. Um, it seems that we've lost her, and hopefully our producers are able to do that for us. Um, and we are talking to Yuwande Omatoza. As I said, she's the author of An Unusual Grief, which talks about um, a character, a woman, the protagonist, whose daughter passes away, dies, and then she goes through... Uh, the journey of trying to understand what happened to her daughter. And it's a story about grief, but it's also a story about incredible self-discovery, which is um, an absolute delight to read as well. Yuanda, I'm hoping you're back on the line again. Is that all good? I am. Sorry about ah, that. Yes. 
No, no worries. Yeah, well, no, I was just saying, you know, you, you were quoting a little earlier this idea of fiction being the lie that really does become the perfect truth in a way. And it reminded me of this book that I've just read by Celeste Ng, the Chinese-American author. Yes, yes, yes. And in that book, she, she writes about a future where um, Asian people are, are – um, What's the word? Are they driven out of um, spaces in in the states? And it links very carefully in many ways to the impact of what has happened to Asian people post COVID. There has been a lot of uh, stereotyping, a lot of yeah. xenophobia, as well. And what I found amazing was she just wrote this book, which is not about a reality but is so clearly about a reality i mean it's it's it is speculative fiction how do we talk about that as as a way of looking at our present and our future looking at writing as a way to do that i mean i i do think this is the, the labor of the creative mind and i mean i, yeah. I also think it's not only the, of course the domain of writers or artists it's it's the terrain of the creative mind, something we all cultivate in different ways. Um, yeah. I've, I've been amazed as a parent how much creativity is required of me to, to raise mm. my kids. So, and, so, I mean, I think if you talk about Celeste in work or you talk about other works, this thing of thinking forward, thinking back, making up, inventing, doing the what-ifs, um, doing the scenarios, and following that down a certain kind of logic. That's yeah. the creative level of the creative mind. And it's, it's deeply, deeply necessary um, the world over. We are faced with innumerable crises. How do we face, how do we, how do we confront this um, and survive and also have the planet survive? Um, yeah. With our imagination, with our creativity, what else could we apply, you know? Do you feel like when you're writing that you are in, in, you talk about being a mother, a creative mother, do you think that when you're writing you are, that you're also putting your books out as gifts to your children? That you mean the, the things I'm writing as gifts to them? Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, my kids are quite, I have uh, twins and they're two and two and a half, so they're quite young. But what yeah. I, my father's a writer and I think, I've been thinking of his writing um, for them. Like, I've been thinking of how to introduce them to him because my father was huh. quite elderly and he hasn't yeah. been in the best of health. And, of course, you know, when they're, whatever, 15 or 18, it's unlikely he'll still be with us. How do I introduce them to their grandfather and the things he wrote and his, his thoughts? I suppose I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm not doing that for myself just yet, but I'm doing it for a, a, an older generation of writers. Hmm. Um, but of course they give their offerings, and they're offerings to all the children, to all of us, <laughs> children. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, they're offering they're, to the children they're, in they're, us as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was listening also, I mean, I love dance, and I, I saw the, you know, the interview um, with Jackie Job, and I was just thinking... Yeah. Uh, or oh, I took my kids for the first time to a play, obviously at a, a, a appropriate age. Yeah. And I just, I just want to see the wonder in their eyes as they, they realize, like they, like this is art, this is making, this is innate, 
it's beautiful, but it's also strange and curious and scary. I, you know, yeah. we went to this play and they watched the stage and I watched them. <laughs> watched the stage, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their faces, they were shocked and they were scared and then they laughed and then they looked at me to check, you know, if they're still in reality. You know, Mama is just like, what's going on? Yeah, they and turn I around and they look at you with big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you brought me? You know, what is oh. It's glorious. Yawanda, we do have to close off, but uh, you've just been nominated for something in, in, in Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, don't, I don't have it in my notes, but I do recall reading it somewhere recently. It's a wonderful, wonderful, I mean, I'm very honored, but in general, it's a wonderful prize. It's, it's, the nominations come from libraries all over the world. Oh, very yes. kind and fabulous people at the Cape Town Library nominated my book. They did the same for the woman next door. Um, so I'm so, so grateful. So I'm in the long list. Of course, you know, there's a long journey to, to going beyond that. But even just making that list has, has been an honor. I'm so grateful. It's a wonderful prize, yeah. I think it is absolutely well-deserved. And I hope that, um, that as you say, that that nomination takes you all the way to the top. But even if it doesn't, I love the fact that Cape Town Library have nominated your book. Do they nominate it based on on the number of people that take the book out or just because they think this is a perfect book, library book for people to take out? I don't know. You know, it's one of those things like it's so it's so wonderful that I don't ask too many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Happened twice, but I was like, How did I happen to be nominated? I should probably find out. It's like if I ask too many questions, it will disappear. And, and no, it won't. No, it definitely <laughs> won't. One day I wish you a, a wonderful panel discussion this afternoon. I hope it goes very well with you and the other discussants. And uh, I want to say thank you once again for making our life so much better with books like Bomboy and also this particular book, An Unusual Grief. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for your platform. It's incredible. Thank you. Yawanda Omotozo, she is a South African-based novelist. She's an architect and designer, and uh, she is really an extraordinary, extraordinary author that uh, I have no doubt that she will win the prize, that uh, she takes her to Ireland and uh, gets was nominated through the Cape Town Library. I love that. Guess what? It's 10 o'clock. It's time for the news, which means it's no longer time to say good morning, but time to say goodbye. <laughs>